Hey there friends, Karen Pennington today, and I am, well actually, I'm Karen Pennington every day, I don't know why I said that, but I'm trying very hard to have a quick word for you. This is my third attempt at this, it's one of those mornings, but I wanted to confess something to you. I was slapped in the face with my humanity this morning, where something that started in my mind as a good idea ended up horribly, that was mostly my fault. <laughs> I wanted to spend the day with my husband. I decided I was overwhelmed with stuff. Have you ever just had those days where you just have to say, okay, this is too much. I need to stop. I need to rest. I need to take a break and step away from it all. So I, I was there. I was at that point. My husband will go, I'm at that point. I'm at that point. That's when you know, <laughs> take a break. Well, in the meantime, my husband overslept his alarm. So my best made plans to take a break and go out, you know, take a day trip with him where he had to go for a doctor's appointment. It, it ended horribly. He was, um, you know, a little bit snarky, under, sort of understandably so, because he overslept his alarm and he was in a hurry. And then I was emotional because some for some reason beyond my understanding, what started with, I want to spend time with you, this is a good idea, was a feeling of utter and complete rejection by my husband. And it was all misunderstanding. I don't know if any of y'all know out there what I'm talking about. Where you just get all, next thing you know, you're fighting and you're like, I don't understand what happened. <laughs> and usually you're not even fighting about what you're fighting about. What it really was, was my husband was running late and was afraid he was going to miss his appointment and he just gotten up. So that's his part. So he was a little bit short, a little bit snarky. I was overwhelmed and just really wanting to connect and feeling like my husband was completely rejecting my value as a person and abandoning me. <laughs> when he was really just saying, I have to leave right now. You don't need your keys. <laughs> And I was going, aren't you understanding how I'm feeling? And it's, well, so anyways, my real confession isn't that I had a bad morning, but something that I tend to do when I have a disagreement with my husband and then we have to separate, you can almost always tell how upset I am with my husband based on the length of my text to him. If it's four lines or less, it's probably a happy text. If it's five lines or more, I'm upset and we haven't resolved it. And I feel like he's, sometimes he walks away for very various reasons. Sometimes he has to go. Or sometimes we're fine and I think I'm okay. And I think about it and 20 minutes later, I'm like, nope, I'm still mad at him. <laughs> so, and as I'm trying to work through my own feelings, there's just these, these poor guy. It's, it's not a good thing. It's better for me to just, I'm going to use the phrase shut up. Because when you're quiet, you're not talking. But I'm talking about shutting down those inner thoughts too that are not helpful. I don't think I'm the first person that's had this issue. <laughs> it doesn't help though. It's a crazy thing. I don't, no matter how many of these things I write out, it doesn't help. Maybe if I wrote it out on my own in a different sheet of paper, um, that would help because see, what I say is not truthful. It's not a lie. I, I use these factual accuracies like you did this, you did this, you did this. I think this is the reason for this. You did this. Don't you understand this? And by the way, let me point out this and what you did a week ago is just like what you did a year ago. And then you did it again tonight. Why would you do this? And why do you, you know, and all these things where I'm just bombarding him with accusations and pointing out these flaws that he really should have fixed by now. It doesn't help, you know. I think maybe that's why in James 119, James says everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, period. Because angry words, it doesn't produce anything good. 
Now James, you know, brother of Christ, basically a chief operating officer, officer of the church in Jerusalem. I'm guessing that he had a lot of experience with this. He was not saying this to people, I'm guessing, who were always slow to become angry and slow to speak and quick to listen. This is a church that was very closely knit, if nothing else, by the fact that they were being persecuted. Which meant, as we all know, when we're in close quarters with people we care about, they get on our nerves. <laughs> Just like my husband did this morning. And it was more, and then I really got on his nerves because there was some sort of emotional, I don't know what, going on beyond it. But they were probably getting on each other's nerves. And the cure for angry feelings is not to say them out loud. You know, <laughs> we think if only they'll escape our mouth, then we'll work it out. And maybe in certain contexts, go to somebody you can trust and spit it out there and work through it there. But it's not to accuse the person that's making us angry. You know, isn't that crazy? A lot of times the very things that we're doing to try and address the anger that is in us is actually perpetuating it and making it worse. When we feel disconnected, the very things that we're, the words that we're using, because we feel disconnected, to address that disconnectedness is causing a further gap. And I do that a lot. I, I will tell you, I have enough self-awareness to know that when I start doing those texts to my husband, at that point, it's not even because I'm angry. It's because I'm feeling rejected. And more than anything, I'm feeling disconnected. And my husband does it a little bit to me, too. Maybe sometimes more than others. Maybe he does it more than me. I don't know. But when we're not feeling connected, we have to do something to try to connect us again. And I think I, I would even submit to you that that's the cause of a lot of angry words. It's, it's like something's missing, whether it's a sense of control, an illusion of control, a sense... Uh, a lot of times more, I'm just going to really, really um, generalize here. They say men are more defined by their accomplishments and, and women are more defined by their relationships. Not always true, but often true. So when I feel disconnected, then there's something missing. When a man feels out of control or disrespected, or like he hasn't accomplished something that he's supposed to, then there's a disconnect there. So either way, there's like this disconnect. And we're trying to figure out how to reconnect. And like, words are supposed to connect us, but they don't always do that. Just like a hammer is supposed to build stuff, but it can also destroy things. So we're using our words like a hammer, not to build up, but to destroy. And it's really destroying us. You know, that's really the nature of addiction anyways. We grasp onto these things that give us this illusion of control and fulfillment. And what they're really doing is creating a bigger hole. So James offers something different. He says, you're so angry you want to spew out the words? No, <laughs> stop. You're feeling like saying something great and positive? Say it. But it's, the more you feel like you need to speak up and say something negatively, the more you need to stop and check yourself and make sure that's from God. And make sure you're doing saying the right things for the right reasons. Because the very thing that I was trying to do to connect with my husband was disconnecting. Fortunately, on my case, my husband was driving. He called me from the road. He did exactly what I knew he was going to eventually do. He said, I didn't, I want to make sure you're okay. I didn't, I'm sorry if I was a little snarky. You know, he did all the stuff that he, I knew he was going to do. I don't know what my problem was. And, and he hadn't read the text. So 
I said, please delete the text. <laughs> They're not helpful. Um, and then I deleted the text. And we were able to come to a communication. There was a disconnect. There was a disconnect in communication. Angry words were not going to refill it. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he was talking to the Philippians as well. When he said, don't be anxious about anything. This is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now notice here, passes all understanding. Not only do I want to understand, I want to be understood. And I can tell you, again, because I'm pretty self-aware, all of those angry texts to my husband this morning were because I wanted him to understand me. And in my brain, in my broken thinking, I was thinking, the only way he'll understand my feelings of brokenness right now is if he feels bad himself. So I'm going to say these things, and then he'll finally understand how bad he made me feel. It's, it's insane, you know? <laughs> and I'm trying to explain it in a way that I'm trying to bring about conviction by laying guilt on him when those are two totally different things, right? So it's like I didn't feel better until he had an understanding. But then he called, and I told him, and not so many nice words, and he did show an understanding, and I still didn't have the peace. And so then I'm reminded, a little bit later in James, God, I'm so glad for God's word that he can just implant my spirit, and that I have in my heart for my crazy, crazy times. Um, so James 4, 7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee to you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. So my problem wasn't even a lack of connectedness with Ben. It was a lack of connectedness with God because see, Satan found a foothold. When I was tired and when there was an opportunity for misunderstanding, Satan offered me thoughts. He couldn't push them on me. He offered me thoughts and I accepted them. I did not resist him. I accepted the thoughts that he put in my head and I allowed that to drive the words, which only perpetuated the problem when my real, real biggest, deepest problem is that I needed to draw near to God when I felt disconnected. And let that be the source of drawing near to others. So I did. And guess what? The peace came right then. And not only the peace with God, but that peace and connectedness with my husband. And Ben was pretty good this morning. He was cranky at first. He Bad start. Bad start. But um, once he woke up and <laughs> had driven a little bit, he was very good at understanding and meeting where I was at. And as good as Ben was this morning, it was a good day. How much better is God with that? Where He can just meet us where we're at. He can handle it. Human beings can't handle our angry words because they don't know the heart behind them. They don't understand the pain behind them. God can always handle them. When they're honest, we're honest and just trying to work through how we are. And we come to the point where we say, like in the Psalms, I'm angry. And people in the Psalms said some crazy stuff, like asking God to dash people's babies against rocks and things. Just in, just, and I'm, I'm saying insane and crazy a lot. I'm not talking about emotional diagnosis. I'm not talking about, um, we all struggle with some sort of mental or psychological issues one way or another, some level of that. That's not talking about, you know, marginalizing anyone who struggles with any of that, because honestly, most of us do to some degree. I'm talking about when we're making insanity as a legal term, where you feel desperate, so you do something that makes no sense. That's what it's a it's a insanity is a legal a legal term where you say 
when I plead insanity, I'm not saying necessarily that I'm emotionally less than. I'm saying at this point in time, I felt at a point of such desperation that my thinking was compromised because of something in my past or something, whatever. So when we feel so desperate that we do things that are crazy, stupid, dumb, that's what I mean. Uh, but I digress anyways. But there's a better way. And God forgives us when we don't have it. But all those days, if we felt that thing coming on us and our first, our inclination, we changed our inclination, I thought it, paid attention to this and said, I feel so much like I want to say a bunch of bad things to this person, so I'm not going to do it. If we could remember, I don't feel like this is a bad person. I don't, this, these aren't even my thoughts. If we could recognize where our thoughts are coming from and say, no, Satan, he has to run away if we tell him to. As children of God, we have the authority. We can tell the thoughts to go away. We have the authority to speak life even when we're feeling like death. I don't know if I felt like death this morning. I felt pretty cruddy. But we have the sport, we have the authority to do that. And do you know how much of a punch in the eye that is to Satan? Do you know? How much it shatters darkness. Our praise at any time is a light in the dark that shatters darkness. But when we take that extra step in praise when we don't feel like it, when we take that extra step and speak life into people's lives, even when we're feeling darkness, that doesn't just lift them up. That doesn't just lift us up, which it does. It lifts God up. God up. And God said, you know, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I'll draw everyone to me. So it just draws to him. It's, it's, it's for everyone's good, no matter what it feels like at that point. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes things seem so counterintuitive, but always with you, even when it's hard, it's always best and always really easiest in the long run. God, I don't want to create death with my angry words. Forgive me for these angry words. Forgive me for my angry words, written thoughts spoken this morning to my husband. Um, Forgive me for the freak-out mode. And I know, God, I would rather have your peace. I'd rather have your peace than anything. I'd rather have your peace than my understanding. If you, Whatever understanding you want to give me, I'll take it, God. But the more important thing is your peace. And, Lord, I like it when people understand me, but the more important thing is your peace. And I have to trust you to speak through me and to speak into their own lives because you're the one that brings understanding and conviction and peace. And I want it for me. I want it for everyone, Lord. If there's someone out there who doesn't know your peace, just speak a word into their lives now, Lord. Rather than speaking their own words, may they listen and hear the words that you would give them. In your name, amen. Be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, whether you listen to this over Labor Day or some other time. And may you experience God's peace in a new and joyful way.